Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Sangana corner. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 33. On today's show, the PSL will return. What should coach Rulani Mukwena do next season? And what's going on with Sundown's goalkeeping department? Thank you all for joining us on SL Radio, Apple, Google and Spotify, as well as Game Time on Mahikeng 96.7 FM. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Lou Paho, but I'm not alone. With me, I have a man with three first names. It's Sean Joseph Roberts. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, Lou Dog. I'm great, buddy. How are you doing? All good, all good. And standing in for Tekomodise, who's off this week, is the man once dubbed the White Knight. It's Matthew Booth. How are you doing? <laughs> all good in yourself, gents. All good, all good. Thank you very much for, for uh, filling in for the general. Always and a pleasure, man. Perfect. All right. So we start off with a fantastic Trevor Noah-esque joke of the day from Sean Roberts. What you got for this week? Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Just for Matthew, here we go. So, why are scrambled eggs like a losing soccer team? Because they've both been beaten. I can see see Matthew's face right now. He's in awe. He's in absolute awe. I I spent two seasons with you at Ajax. I'm I'm used to those. So, really, it's like water off a duck's butt. (laughs) Oh, goddamn. (laughs) Well, moving swiftly forward, the PSL's plan for return has been approved. According to Minister Natim Tetua, this is the official quote, the plans of the Premier Soccer League have been approved considering the mitigation strategies and plans in relation to the level three risk-adjusted strategy in addressing the COVID-19 pandemic. The plans have further been subject to analysis by the health authorities, the NCID or the what's it national control for diseases i believe it is um so the psl will return and we await further details regarding how this will happen so gents what is your initial gut reaction to the news uh about bloody time and also i hope it doesn't take them another five or six weeks to get you know uh, everything sorted like we have been hearing we've been told it's going to take two weeks for the psl to get back to us we waited four weeks and now at least there's a bit of a What's, what do we call it? Sunshine at, at the end of the day. So um, I guess the players are, are very excited to get back to training. I think a few teams have actually started training, which is great. We're still waiting on a few teams to get tested. But um, yeah, exciting times ahead. What do you think, Maddie? Well, yeah, I can understand your your frustration, Sean. But I mean, uh, you've got to take into account, you know, Minister Natyam Tetwa, you know, he's, he's got to, at first, he, he had to go to Parliament with two with one report, you know. Um, so, in other words, trying to get Saif and the PSL onto the same page, he was caught in between a rock and a hard place, really. So, it seems as though he's um, been happy with separate reports now and he's, he's happy with the PSL report. They've been, uh, because they're in charge of our professional game, uh, they've been um, uh, projecting and uh, plotting and planning for some time now. And they've had their report in, in, in place for, for, for the longest while. It's just that, you know, Safa, who's been in charge of our amateur game, has have, has kind of been not unreasonable, but just um, unrealistic in the expectations when we can get football back. Um, and when you take into account the fact that lives are at stake, it's it's better to be rather rather safe than sorry. But uh, like you, I'm, I'm keen to get uh, the league back, back underway. So it's good, good news. 
And uh, Matthew, what do you rate in terms of the title race, the relegation battle, all of the above, um, in terms of the shortened kind of time period for the league uh, and all of these games having to be played in, in a much shorter window, potentially three, uh, three, hopefully four weeks? Um, how do you think that impacts the players, their fitness levels, and how much will that impact the, the reality of the title race and the relegation battle? Well, I think what, what we've seen in Europe is that, um, you know, a number of players already pulled up uh, injured, you know, some some very bad injuries. Uh, Kuno Aguero, for example, you know, um, it's just one of, one of many. And that just, I think, highlights the importance of, um, you know, your, your physios, your biokinetists and your, your physical trainers and what a great job they, they usually do during pre-season. Um, that's now all compressed um, and and you've you've seen um, you know players starting to pull up with with injuries um, muscle must normally muscle uh, injuries so they're going to be really really tested in a very short period of time and um, they're certainly going to be earning their their salary so it's going to be interesting to see how the players cope um, and I think this uh, five substitutions the water break uh, might very well have to occur in our league as well, just to alleviate um, any stresses on our players. And uh, Sean, in terms of squad depth, uh, particularly looking at the at the title race, um, who, uh, do you think anybody's at an advantage here, uh, you know, in terms of that shortened period of time? Of course, we still have Sundowns who are in the Nedbank Cup as well. We'll wait and see if that's going to be completed. But this condensed schedule, who do you think has uh, the best shot in terms of the squad depth and having the personnel available? That's a good question. I mean, without doubt, it'll be Sundowns. Um, whether Pizzo uses his depth, we, we know he likes his starting 11 or, you know, the 13, 14 that he uses week in and week out. Um, whether he rotates uh, remains to be seen. I think they're going to have to. But in terms of depth and in terms of quality that you've got on the bench, I mean, Sundowns B team could easily probably win the PSL as well. So, um, yeah, uh, to answer your question, without a doubt, Sundowns in terms of depth, I would be very disappointed to see Chiefs throw it away after all the hard work they've done. But um, in terms of depth, without a doubt, Sundance, it just, just remains to be to see what's going to happen. And uh, to reignite the debate, because now we're finally able to talk about the reality of this league again. What are your predictions, top and bottom of the log? Who do you see going down? Who do you see winning the trophy at the, at the end of the day? Oh, I'm, I'm going for Chiefs. I'm going to say Chiefs to win. Um, I, I don't want Amazulu to go down, but I don't have a good feeling about it. I'm not saying they are going to go down. I just, um, I really don't want to see them. I think they've got so much history. They're a good club. Obviously, administratively, there's a lot of work to be done behind closed doors. Um, I've, I don't have a good feeling about Amazulu, but, I, you know, I just don't want it. I don't want them to go down. I don't know if that makes any sense. Maddie, well, what's your answer there, mate? Yeah, um, you know, it's difficult to say how, how teams are going to come out of this, um, this lockdown, you know. Um, it's difficult to predict. But I think teams that were that were normally on a high and had a good momentum going into the break will probably be disrupted coming out of it. Um, the teams normally at the lower, lower end who are struggling would have had a lot more time to... Um, you know, sort out uh, the gremlins. Um, but having said that, they haven't had a lot of a lot of time, to be honest. Um, you know, they've been doing a lot of training at home, so it's 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 very difficult. Um, I would love to see Chiefs um, win it. Uh, they put themselves in a great position, 
Um, I'm with you, Sean. I don't want to see Amazulu go down. They were keeping times. I think we we would, do, it would be great for them to stay in the league. Um, I have a little bit of a feeling about Black Leopards, um, perhaps taking the, the, the fall. But um, yeah, it remains to be seen, man. Definitely. And uh, I think the last uh, aspect to cover here is the idea of the neutral venues. We haven't seen it uh, done in, in the European leagues that we follow, but here uh, last week, PSL chairman Irvin Koza did state um, officially on record that it will be a neutral venue. They're looking at hosting the remainder of the matches in one province. Um, rumor has it it's the Northwest and it'll be Sun City, but that remains to be seen. Uh, what do you guys think the league will look like? Do you think it'll change the look and feel of the PSL a bit too much or do you think that this was kind of the only option we had? It's just in terms of the demographic as well I think this is probably the only option and in terms of it being Sun City I think it's a great option I really do there's two or three magnificent stadiums out that side um, there's a world-class training facility as well which I wouldn't be surprised you see someone like Sundowns take up but in terms of having everyone together in one place getting the league completed so we can start looking forward to the next season um, I think Sun City is a no-brainer, to be honest. Maddie? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think from a, from a, a medical point of view and a monitoring point of view, um, it makes sense to to have one location. Uh, as long as there's very strict regulations um, pre-resumption, during um, the league and, and post. And if we can get that right, I think that would have been half the job done. With regards to training facilities and, and match venues, obviously there's going to be have to, have to be some sort of rotation policy. Um, but to be able to keep an eye on all 16 teams, including staff, you know, TV and production, uh, which I should imagine will be uh, a skeletal, um, it would make sense to to have it at one venue. And, and bearing in mind that at this point, I think Northwest has got a fairly low infection rate uh, that makes sense mm. yes and uh, obviously it's a bit of a developing story we're seeing the first rounds of COVID testing going down as expected there are a few players and staff at various clubs who have contracted the virus but we saw the same thing in the premier league la liga bundesliga all that so um it's good to have an official word uh, and we wait on the schedule and all of that good stuff. But we move on to, I think this is the now the third week that we're discussing this, but I don't think we'll stop anytime soon. But this Vitz deal uh, that caused a huge uh, hurrah uh, in, in, in the past two weeks. Hurrah. Um, Hoorah, hoorah. hoorah. Um, so we've spoken at length about the sale of Bitvestvitz to TTM, drawing an end to the 99-year history of South Africa's oldest football club. But is the deal done? It still needs to be approved by the PSL, despite Vitz players already signing deals elsewhere. And uh, ex-Vitz CEO Derek Blankensee said it best. He said, I've not yet commented on the reported sale for a simple reason. It hasn't happened. No sale of a PSL club can take place without the permission of the league and this has not been granted there are numerous conditions that must be met some are onerous so i pose the question what if the league were to reject this sale what would it do to you know next season and all of the business that uh the club has been doing recently that's a good question um 
you know, there's obviously a lot happening behind closed doors. I think there's too much movement that's already happened for this deal not to have gone through, if you know what I mean. Um, I think Ma Matthew commented just before off air we were chatting and he said that the league can only comment after the season's finished. So if that is true, then that's obviously the reason why we haven't heard anything coming out from either side of the camp. But it's, you know, this whole thing is just, it's left such a sour taste in my mouth. Um, you know, I've grown up playing with Vitz since I was 14 years old. It's just been, oh, it's, it's just horrific. All the all the boys that are on bursaries there, you know, uh, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, people have lost their jobs. The way the players have found out, the way the staff has found out, it's, uh, you know what, it's unacceptable, hey? Maddie, what's your opinion, bud? Yeah, no, I, uh, off air, I said that the sale cannot go through during the season. Um, so the, the, they have to wait until the end of the season in any case mm. uh, before it gets ratified. Uh, if, you, if you look at the NSL uh, handbook 14.4, uh, it stipulates very clearly that, um, you know, it makes it very difficult for, for any person who, who owns a club previously or, or, or at the moment, uh, presently, to, to buy another uh, football entity. Um, you know, 12 months prior to, to the sale. So yeah. that, that particular clause has been ignored a number of times, as we've seen in the past. Um, and as, as uh, Mr. Causa mentioned, you know, what, what happens, what can you do when an entity goes into financial dire straits? What can you do? How can you prevent them from attempting to sell the franchise? Um, and the only thing that they really can do is start to, to adhere to international best practice and, and make sure that any, any person or shareholder who wants to, to buy a footballing entity is of sound financial standing mm. and that they, their finances are properly investigated. How much money do you have? Where have you gotten it from, more importantly? And and then you can can start off from a from a fairly healthy basis, but again, that doesn't uh, nullify or or take away from the fact that you know um, organizations can go into financial um, uh, stress at any point. So how do you deal with that sort of thing? Uh, I don't know. And I mean, based on what you're saying, one one interesting fact is the fact that they asked Gavin to start looking for a job elsewhere. And some some reports stated it's because TTM can't afford Gavin's salary. And so I wonder, I mean, obviously they'll make a bunch of money through the sale of, of its players to to Pirates and Sundowns and the like. But how how do they have enough money to purchase the PSL rights and then start struggling to pay salaries and, and that sort of thing but maybe there's more to that than 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 i'm making out but it just seems does it not seem like there's some there's some dodgy aspects to this deal especially you know the fact that they themselves ttm announced it before bitvesvitz had put out a statement you know without any comment from the players or, or players and stuff being being notified it just seems a little bit strange. Do you think that perhaps if when the PSL looks at the proposal that there might be a few more speed bumps before this actually goes through? I mean, it, it, only time will tell. I mean, that's all I can say. But I think it's so far gone now in terms of sale of players, in terms of um, people being retrenched, that it, it can't not go through. That's my opinion. Um, I could be horribly wrong, but in, just in terms of the sale of the players, though, I just feel that it's too far along that it, it can't not go through. But the way it's been handled is 
yeah, I mean, I can go on about this for days. It's just, it's not okay. I think the, the suspicion the for way, me yeah. is, is come, comes through from, from the fact that the TTM uh, owner was not able to pay um, a, a few of these players before lockdown started. So the question then is, who, who, who has the money to, to, to buy the franchise? You know, is someone sitting in the background? Um, why is that the case? And, and second of all, you know, when, when, the, when these two entities started to negotiate, you agree to a, to, a, to, a, to a private deal. That's all very well and done. But then the very next step that both entities have to do uh, from, from a, uh, a matter of conscience is to go and negotiate with your players, both sets of players, which mm -hmm. they didn't do. You know, um, I think the TTM owner, Mulaudzi, kind of threw Bidvest under the bus a little bit by by um, announcing it in the media uh, too early. But the fact is that both entities should have taken into account their staff and their players. Because I'm thinking of the likes of Brad George, who's been there for decades, oh. the oh. manager adverts. I'm thinking of, of Jack, the kit man, who's mm. been there since Roger Dessau. What was going through their minds when when all of these rumors started. It was completely unacceptable the way things were handled. Definitely. I think I think we can we can agree there. And I mean, you know, from from the moral aspect, I, I saw John Committis uh uh, speaking to the media recently and and he had an interesting perspective about how fans should view the sale in terms of just the selling of rights because there's obviously been this uh, grander conversation about should is this the right way to do things um, and he stated that if, if fans have a problem with the purchase of rights um, and this is not to say anything about the way that it was done because that's what 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 everyone has an issue with but in terms of just the purchase of rights he stated that um then people should have had an issue when Vitz University sold their rights to Bidvest and Bidvest then renamed the team. Do you guys agree with that? That in terms of the, the sale of the purchase of the rights, uh, sorry, the, the purchase of the rights, that's not the, you know, the thing that people should be questioning now. It, it, they should have questioned it back then. Would you guys agree with that statement? Well, I, I think that the whole problem is, is the relocation of this team. I think that's the problem. Mm. So, you know, and, 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 a team that has so much history to do this on year 99. I understand what John's saying, um, and I'm on the fence with that as well. But I just think in terms of relocating to vendor, what Vitz has meant to people over the last decade, 20, 30, 40, 100 years, and now it's just gone and just gone like that with no explanation, um, no conversations to be had, no sorries. Uh, yeah, that, that's the problem we're having, Slew. That's the problem. Agreed, agreed. Maddie. I, I agree. I don't. Um, that what what John is talking about is a little bit of above my pay grade, you know. But I, I, my main concern is the change of location, and 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 players and staffs' rights um, in 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 the whole uh, process. And that wasn't in my mind adhered to. And in fact, it's still up up in the air. You know, you can imagine how the players are are feeling and staff are feeling right now. Um, they. In the, in the States, for example, the franchise system is, is quite different, um, where, where owners, wealthy businessmen can, can, can take their franchise from city to city, but at least they have to stay there for at least 10 years, you know, mm. so that they can, they can generate some sort of support base and then stay further. 
You know, in South Africa, we, we a lot of clubs are nomads. And, and my worry is that they're not able to generate any sort of fan base because fans are suspicious. They're not wanting to put their emotions and, and uh, invest into a club when they're scared that they're going to up and move within a, a year or two or three. And, and therefore, um, most new fans coming into uh, the industry, what are they going to do? They're going to go to Sundowns, Chiefs and Pirates. And, and mm. for me... That's not going to be healthy for, for the league as a whole. Definitely. Um, so moving on real quick, we have a feature called 10 Quick Fire Questions. This is a feature where we get your favorite PSL players on the line and we put them on the spot. Uh, have a listen to this week's feature. Hello, this is Elvis Chibet. This is the Paroka Football Club goalkeeper and captain. Uh, these are my 10 uh, fire questions. To start it off, who is the funniest guy in the PSL that you have played with? Mm, funniest guy. <laughs> Who's the flashiest dresser? Dansani. Dansani. And then this is a tough one. Who's the worst dressed? <laughs> <laughs> you! The worst dressed! So, I've, I've never noticed on that. I've never noticed on that. Uh, okay, okay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to come back to that one. What's the worst mistake you've ever made in a match? No, I try to handle the ball and then it's split and then the striker scored, yeah. Who is a teammate who thinks that he's funny but he's actually not? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have my head is on the block here. <laughs> you don't want to upset him <laughs> Yeah, my head is on the block here. <laughs> okay, okay. What's your best footballing memory? Obviously, uh, coming here in South Africa and and, you know, Helping uh, my 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 team Baroka to win their first cup, you know that 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 stand out. And then, uh, what is the best goal that you've ever conceded in a match? One that was just unstoppable. Actually, these guys they've been scoring goals. Eh? <laughs> when we played uh, Black Leopards in Toyando, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was an Andy or something like that who scored that goal. Yeah, yeah, that 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 it was yeah, that was a cracker. That yeah. Currently, what is your favorite car at the moment? Obviously, no. VW, VTI, that's the one. And then, uh, say I was going to Zimbabwe and I'm swinging through Bulawayo. What's the what's the, uh, the local dish that you think I should try in Zimbabwe? Yeah, no, spaghetti, you know, with, with, with uh, spaghetti bolognese, you know, something. And then, is there any dream destination that you want to go to before? Mauritius. Ah, oh, very nice. I heard it's actually becoming cheaper to to emigrate to that side, so maybe it's a retirement vibe if you if you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there you have it. Ten quickfire questions with Elvis Chipazeza of uh, Baroka FC. So how do you guys feel about uh, having some spaghetti bolognese in Bulawayo? <laughs> you know what? You know you know what gets me is that the the most stylish dresser being Willard Katsanda. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. He's stunting on these Twitter streets every day. I see him. <laughs> he's he's making he's getting people talking. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. He he announced something recently, but I, I'm forgetting what it was. He announced either like a he's branching into music or something. I can't remember what it was. But Katsande is he's, he's building a brand. <laughs> but, he's, beautiful. But he's beautiful. Up next, we have the international news desk.
And it is our pleasure to welcome back uh, Kurt Buckerfield, our international news correspondent. How are you doing, Kurt? Good, thanks. How are you guys? All goody, all goody. Uh, so first things first, we have the Premier League, which is back. Um, you know, my Arsenal are back to breaking my heart. And uh, the, <laughs> the race for the Champions League is still as hot as ever. And uh, now we look at that Manchester United squad and, uh, you know, Pogba and Bruno finally have a chance to see how that partnership works out. How has that? Uh, how did in the in the, the first match there? How was it? How was that partnership? And do you think it's enough to convince Paul Pogba to remain at Old Trafford next season? Yes, Luke. So I think that that's what United were were probably looking to do by bringing in Bruno Fernandes was c- kind of build a stronger squad because you know the club invested so much money into Paul Pogba's uh, arrival um, and they really struggled to build around him. Um, the club's probably hoping that will change now. Solskjaer has always been a fan of Pogba's. Um, he's never criticized him in, in public. Um, and of course, he worked with him all those years ago in the academy. So, yeah, it looked good. Pogba came on against um, Spurs and he, of course, won the penalty. Um, it's just interesting to see how those, um, you know, how those two will play together. It kind of just depends on who plays with them because both Bruno and Pogba, um, you know, shy away from dis- defensive responsibility, like to get forward. Um, so it's really just important who plays with him, whether it's Matic, Fred or McTominay, just somebody to, to break down play, win the ball. Um, so you've got, you got th- those guys, Pogba, Bruno, um, going forward where they are more effective. Gents, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, we're quick to forget, I think a lot of people, Pogba is a 2018 World Cup winner, one of the most talented midfielders on the planet. And yet it feels like in the past couple of seasons, he's become this kind of laughingstock in the Premier League or, or they blame him for everything. Do you think that this is maybe a chance for a turnaround? Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, you saw the value he added when he came on and to see how Bruno goes forward and now he's got that outlet having Pogba there and how Pogba has the ability to just switch on at any moment. I, I, I question whether his heart is at United or not. Um, for United fans, I think there's a lot of damage to be repaired there. I don't know if he's got the, the United fans' heart either, but without doubt, he's so much talent and he can just switch it on when he wants. And I hope he just continues to build on this and I hope to see him stay at United. I really do. Uh, Matty, if you were Pogba, would you would you wait for an offer from Madrid or would you go, you know what, I can do it with Bruno? I think he's got some unfinished business at United. Um, you know, bear in mind that he's been out for six months and he's only played 34 minutes of football. But mm. from what I saw was, was fantastic. Um, that's normally just purely from adrenaline. You know, he's obviously missed the game. Uh, they were down one nil. You know, he wanted to change. Uh, he's he showed a lot of heart and 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 spirit, which is, uh, to be honest, un- unlike him. Because I would love to see him show more of that on a regular basis. But yeah. you know, he's quite a languid. He's quite a languid player. You know, he's like is he Dan and and is Dan sort of style suits um, uh, La Liga, whereas. Uh, perhaps in the EPL, uh, fans don't necessarily appreciate that. Um, and that's something that he needs to work on, you know, to try and win over the fans is his work rate and, and perhaps a little bit of attitude. But hell, I mean, I just watched that little half volley pass of his <laughs> to, I think it was uh, Martial out on the left wing. And that's the sort of quality that he brings. And I'd love to see him stay. 
Agreed. Now we turn our attentions to the Serie A. And uh, Kurt, you can tell us more about this, but Ronaldo hasn't really looked the same. I mean, of course, we're, we're coming out of lockdown. Uh, but what was that? Back-to-back cup losses for, for Juventus there. Um, and I think there was there was one moment in particular in one of the matches that everyone kept reposting on Twitter. Um, but what's been happening for him in Italy uh, since, since uh, we've gotten back to football? Yes, Lou, Ronaldo just looked really um, rusty. It was against um, AC Milan in their semi-final tie, the second leg. Um, he just looked really rusty, and that's what people were sharing on social media. It was just videos of him mis-kicking the ball and misplacing passes and things like that. But it's kind of been a theme of Ronaldo's um, latter stages of his career. You know, at Real Madrid, people started writing him off. Um, I think it was his, his second last season and his last season. He got off to a really slow start. Um, and people were saying, is Ronaldo finished? Is Ronaldo finished? They were doing the same thing now. Um, so, look, he's 35. He's definitely getting on. But I think people are definitely just jumping the gun there. Um, he scored a penalty at Bologna. Now, that's not to say he's, he's back on form. Um, but, yeah, he just takes a longer time to get his eye in. Um, but at the moment, obviously, he can't really uh, get his eye in. It's like a T20. He needs to just knock everything out the park now. Um, it's almost like, you know, been reduced to a little tournament and Juventus have Lazio breathing down their neck. So unfortunately for him, he doesn't have six months to to try and find his form. He needs to, you know, regain uh, the form he showed before lockdown almost immediately, which is tough for a, for any 35-year-old, um, no matter if it's Ronaldo. So I feel for the guy. Um, yeah, I definitely just feel for the guy. Yeah, gents, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass the question to you. I mean, I, th- I feel like Kurtz summed it up well there, but to expect this much from a 35-year-old, especially on a team that has Paolo Dybala, that has all of these all of these other guys, do you think that maybe perhaps um, too much is being expected of a 35-year-old Ronaldo, or is that just what comes with the territory when you have a legacy like his? I think... Um... You know, there was a lot of talk of him when he came out of lockdown and how fit he was. There was a lot of talk of that he actually overworked during lockdown. I think he's just fatigued. I think he's tired. I really do. And I think he just needs to chill the f*** out a bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, there's, Ronaldo's playing for Juventus because he's a world-class player. He's one of the one of the best players we've ever seen. So, yes, he's 35. I, th- yeah. I, think, he's, I think he's just tired. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah, I can't disagree. Uh, I don't think he's fatigued. Uh, I think he, uh, you know, there's a difference between working out and being physically fit and then being football fit. Um, I think just he lacks a bit of sharpness. Perhaps uh, got off to a bad start in his first game in the in the final in the in the cup. Sorry, and um, hopefully this penalty against Bologna would would set him back on track um, with regards to confidence. Uh, but you know he's he scored 25 goals in 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 all, um, mm. 21 in the or yeah. 22 now in the league. So you know it's not a bad uh, uh, record for a 35 year old. And um, <laughs> I think I think we're still going to see him uh, uh, get back to his best certainly. Yeah. And uh, lastly, we look at the La Liga title race real quick. Uh, what's there to look out for? I mean, it's as tight as ever. I think Barcelona and Madrid are, are tied on points at the moment. Um, and I was actually, I think it must be the head-to-head record where Madrid has the advantage, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I saw Barcelona win yesterday. Um, so what are the key factors in this title race? How's Messi looking? How's Madrid looking? Um, and maybe a, a prediction from you, Kurt, because these games are happening very quickly. So I need to get your prediction now. 
uh, before the league ends? I would say I'm probably backing Real Madrid to win the to win the league. On balance, they've probably been better than than Barcelona have. Um, Barcelona just lack consistency. Still too much dependence on Messi. But it's been a real, real strange La Liga season because Barcelona at the moment sit three points ahead of Real Madrid. Um, although Real Madrid have a game in hand, so it's a weird season because they haven't performed, but yet they're still on 68 points. You know, three points above Real Madrid. Um, I just think that if you look at the fixture list, Real Madrid probably have it easier than Barcelona do. Um, and you'd probably back them, yes, on head-to-head. They, they of course, won uh, one of the Clásicos and, and drew the other, which puts them in pole position. Um, definitely going to be interesting. Such a strange season, though. Jens, I passed the question to you. Kurt, on this, uh, the day of Messi's birth has backed Madrid. No. <laughs> Who do you guys... <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't blame you if you haven't been catching up with, with La Liga. The, the, the fixture schedule is quite strange but uh do you think messi has it in him to pull la liga title number 11 out of the hat for for barca i i agree with kurt i'm going with real madrid um i think um if you've seen the last couple games and the decisions that have been going real madrid's way in terms of the var etc luck is certainly leaning towards their side um and i just think they've got an easier run in coming into towards the end of the season so i do agree with kurt yeah, well, just, uh, I mean, Messi, Messi uh, came out the blocks firing, uh, but not many of his teammates uh, came to the party with him, from what I could see. Um, the the combination between Hazard and Benzema, I think, has been phenomenal. It's great to see uh, Hazard back. Um, Hazard and, and Benzema forming a, a fantastic combo. Uh, great to see him back. So, Real Madrid are looking ominous, uh, whereas, you know, with the fact that Suarez has kind of started off the bench and, you know, Messi seems to be missing him a little bit. You know, there's there's no sort of three or four combination players who at, at Barcelona who, who are striking up any sort of uh, rhythm at the moment. So at the moment, I would say Real Madrid, yeah. And bearing in mind that they've got a game in hand, three points behind, uh, certainly looking ominous. By the way, Kurt, just for clarity before I let you go, is it the hit-to-head record? Say Madrid wins their game in hand. Uh, I saw Barcelona does have a better goal difference than them, but is it the hit-to-head record that would put Madrid uh, on top? Yeah, it's head-to-head in La Liga. Head-to-head in La Liga, all right. Perfecto. Well, that is how we wrap up the International News Desk. Thank you very much to Kurt Buckerfield. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kurti. Cheers, man. Ciao. All right. And uh, onwards we move. Uh, this next story is interesting because, um, one, when it, when when Coach Rulani signed for Chipper United, I think it was unprecedented in, in, in the contract structure because he's essentially on loan as a manager from Orlando Pirates. <laughs> um, and so, you know, before lockdown hits, he, he had only uh, been in charge for one game. Um, but there's a lot of doubt now, uh, according to reports uh, from Sokola Duma, about how much longer he'll uh, stay in PE. According to an article from our own Mazola Molefi, he said uh, he demanded 400,000 rand a month for a new contract when the current arrangement expires. So considering the strangeness of this arrangement, I mean, we, we have some clarity on the PSL's um, you know, uh, uh, conclusion, and I'm sure that he'll manage the team for the rest of the of the of the current season. But from next season on, you know, what's next for Coach Rulani, especially considering Zinbao's success at Pirates? Doesn't look like they'll just put him back in charge over there. So, so what would you do if you were him? Do you do you, do you extend with Chipper? Yeah, oh, it's, it's it's such a tough question. Um, I think 
I think knowing Rolani, I think he's, he's a top pro. He's a very good coach. I think he's going to continue his – he's going to honor his contract that he does have with Chipper. Um, and I hope to see him honor that towards the end of the season because I think the issue they're talking about is now, that his contract ends now. So what's going to happen in the next three months? Um, I'm sure he's professional enough, and I'm sure he will he will guide Chipper to – to safety. I mean, I think he's only done one game as a as a head yeah. coach uh, for Chipper. He's, yeah, he's been there for a good few months. He stayed in PE over lockdown, so he showed his loyalty there. Um, if I was Rolani, I, I would uh, definitely continue to the end of the season with Chipper. Going forward, I honestly don't know. I mean, this is a story, we, you know, we, we've been over this a hundred times, how many coaches Chipper go through, um, and they just need a bit of continuity. And whether Rulani will stay or not, whether he finds us as a nice little project for him going forward um, remains to be seen. Yeah, look, I mean, again, it's like Sean said, it's a difficult one. You know, we, we don't know what, what goes on, you know, in and around the, the club. Um, for me, I would like to... To think that most players and coaches would extend their contracts just to see out the, the remaining uh, end of the season. Um, not that uh, clubs are doing the same with players uh, who they feel are surplus to requirements and are not needed for next season. But I think um, we, you know, players and coaches should should um, show a bit of faith and and. Uh, and confidence, um, and and certainly from a fan point of view, and a bit of loyalty. You know, you got to got to see out your see out the season at least. Um, and he's he's certainly if if he if he stays or goes, he's going to be in demand, um, uh, no doubt about it. Um, so he shouldn't have a lack uh, of 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 offers in that regard. Um, but it's an interesting club, interesting dynamic, and. You know, I I just wish that the owner would show a bit of faith in a coach, especially a young South African coach like Rulani, and and give him a bit of vine- uh, uh, give him a bit, bit of time and and you know and vision and faith, um, which not a lot of clubs in South Africa do do, uh, especially with 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 South African coaches. And he knows what he's talking about. He's not he knows what he's doing. He's a great planner. Uh, he knows his stuff, and uh, with the rights. Confidence and backing, he can he can go a long way, I believe. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I, you know, from 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 my side, I just find it interesting that there's these uh, questions over the demand of his salary. But if he's on loan from Pirates, surely, you know, I don't know how how most loan agreements work, but Pirates would take some of that. Uh, wait, I don't know, but uh, we will see. Obviously, this is also another story that we have to kind of watch for the end of the season to know what will happen next. Uh, apart from that, all we can do is speculate. But um, speaking of speculation, let's speculate as to who Sean Roberts' secret footballer for this week is. For those of you who don't know, secret footballer is a feature in our sister publication, Kickoff, where an anonymous individual uh, lets us know something that's going on in the world of local football. Uh, what you got for us this week, Sean? Yeah, so obviously the secret football is concerned about his future and the league's future. So, you know, with the tug of war between Safa and the PSL regarding the restart of the Premiership, sponsors, ABSA pulling out, rumors of Blunt Celtic being for sale, Bidvest being sold, they are some of the most challenging times in the history of South African football. Um, you know, my question is, who's ready at this point in time to invest in football when things are like this? You know, is this the beginning of the end 
Are we going to see massive wage cuts going forward in the PSL? Matthew, I'd like to pick your brain on this. Where, where do you see South African football going? Because at the moment, it doesn't look very good, does it? No, look, um, I, I still have a lot of faith and confidence in the league. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a great industry to invest in. Um, you know, South African football is a you know it's the number one sport in in South Africa uh, mm-hmm. globally as well. It's a f- fantastic place to be. Yeah. Um, I think generally the PSL look after uh, people who, who put money in the game. I think uh, companies like um, you know SAB and ABSA and uh, like so Vodacom in the past who have continually put money into the game they do so for a reason correct you know um and so but you're right there is there is a certain limit and if we i I fear that if we have institutions like wits um losing their place in the echelons football echelons if we have one or two more go that that way then i think we should start to worry um but at the moment I, th- I feel that we we still uh, fit healthy uh, from a financial and a backing point of view. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of strange things where where I think we we ha- have to constantly reform our opinion. Uh, we hear rumors before, and and those rumors turn out to be true. As crazy as they are, with the Vitz sale was something the week before it was announced. There was there was rumors about it, um, and further rumors about Bidvest being the uh the next key sponsor the next title sponsor um if that were to be the case um matthew how do you think that would impact the way business is done because now you have you know this this weird question over conflict of interest the ability for a title sponsor to be a previous club owner um what do you make of of the future of the league do you think you know bidvest do you think maybe the timing is right? If Absa were always going to sell, do you think maybe the timing then of the Vitz sale suddenly becomes logical? Or do you think that either way, this is all just a kind of strange, you know, show? Well, I, I think one of the reasons why uh, Big Vest are, are getting rid of the, the club is because uh, they viewed it as being quite expensive. I think it was about, um, if not mistaken, about 60 million rand a year that they had put into the club. Mm-hmm. Um so if that is the case and and one of the reasons why they they're getting they're selling the club is because they can't justify keeping something like that when they have to retrench people you know post uh, lockdown uh, in other parts of their their company for example um now if that is one of the reasons then i can't see how they can then put money into um as the the headline sponsor of 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 the the psl Mm. um that, that sounds a bit strange to me but uh yeah stranger things have happened um your guess is as good as mine who's going to be the next uh sponsor but i can guarantee you that the PSL are not going to be short of of people wanting to to fill the gap uh, of absa yeah i think i think they mentioned that they have four potential um i've seen betway being thrown as a potential one i've seen heineken being thrown as a potential one sean i know you like the idea of of, of heineken sponsoring the league um but of mm. course they they have that massive amount of money that they pump into the champions league every year so it's 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 an interesting time to be a PSL fan because we don't know what next season looks like, um, but uh, we can always look back and 
I think that's a nice segue into this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. So this week in 1987, as I've mentioned uh, earlier in the show, when Lionel Messi was born in Rosario, Argentina, he has since become one of the world's best players, arguably the greatest of all time. He's won a record six Ballon d'Ors and in seven 122 appearances for Barcelona. He's registered 629 goals and 250 assists. That's excluding friendlies and all of that stuff, of course. Um, another birthday this week in 1977, one Raul Gonzalez was born in Madrid. He went on to become that city's club, uh, club's all-time leader in appearances. And when he retired, he was their all-time goal scorer with 323 goals and 741 appearances. But uh, a little known gent by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo came in to shatter that record scoring 450 goals and 438 appearances and this, this one is my favorite one this week. So this week in 1992, one of Kaiser Chiefs' greatest ever teams clinched the National Soccer League title with a 2-0 victory over Highlands Park. That made it back-to-back -back titles for them. But a fun fact, one of the teams that was relegated that season was called the Dangerous Darkies. Uh, they were based in Nelspreit, later merged with Vidbank Aces, forming Mpumalanga Black Aces, and decades later had their PSL rights purchased. And that's a brief history on how we got Cape Town City FC. So, wow. Well, that's right? Nice one. Just a nice little yeah. throwback. I'm sure Cape Town. I'm sure, cool. I'm sure we'll find that on the Cape Town City about page. We used to be called Dangerous Darkies. <laughs> <laughs> don't think we'll find that to be honest uh but onwards we move uh sean this 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 story is right up your alley so um with ricardo goss signing for mamelodi sundowns the goalkeeping situation at clorcop has become very interesting on their roster now you have dennis onyongo you have kennedy mwini uh who are both uh veterans um but still very capable of of, of starting for the side now you have Jody February, who signed last season but was loaned out for the 2019-20 season. He'll be re he'll be joining his new team next season. And now Ricardo Goss, who's enjoyed first team success with Bidvest Vitz. So Sean, what do you make of the setup having four goalkeepers potentially competing for that number one jersey? Well, there's five. You've left out Riyad Peterson. Riyad Peterson. Peterson. Oh man, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. You've got Dennis Younger who's just signed a lengthy extension. You've got Ken, Kennedy Mwini, like you said, who's just signed a two-year extension. Jody February is coming back from his loan deal. Ricardo Goss, God knows why he signed for Sundance. Um, and you've got Riyad Peterson, Riyad Peterson, who's capable of starting at any PSL club that he walks into. So it is a very, very bizarre situation. Don't be surprised if you do see Peterson go out on loan or sign for someone else because I honestly can't see him staying there, to be honest. And in terms of February and Goss, it's going to be the uh, Onyango and Amwini show. I'm sorry. Uh, um, Pizzo likes experienced goalkeepers. He really does. Um, you might get Jody February on the bench for the odd game here and there. But, yeah, I mean, I've been there. I signed at Sundowns when I was 21, 22, and I find myself third or fourth choice. You know, there's Andre Orenser there. There's Brian Beloy. There's Raphael Dudamel. Then there was me. And you, you're not going to get a shot at, at a club like Sundowns, unfortunately. So it's... It's very, very bizarre. I'd understand if they had three top-class keepers, but you've got five that are, that are very, very capable of playing for any team in the PSL. And and they were supposed to promote their young keeper, who's the under-23 national team keeper as well. So where's he now? He's sixth choice. 
So it's, you know, it's, where's the development structure coming here as well? It's just, it's very, very bizarre. It makes no sense to me. Um, one or two of those guys have to go out on loan or be sold. What do you think, Matty? I, I agree. I, um, look, you go to Sundowns as a player, you go there with confidence. Uh, you got to go there with confidence as if you're going to uh, start. Okay, that, that's that's what you got to do. That's my advice to Goss or to Domingo or, you know, Motupa, whoever goes there. You got to go there expecting to start. Um, for me, I think you're right that perhaps uh, Mwini or Peterson might be asking to, to get some game time elsewhere. Um, or Sundowns might have to uh, let one or two go. Mm. Uh, but my feeling is that they're wanting to refresh the, the goalkeeper department up a little bit, bringing in um, uh, Goss in February, uh, two youngish um, players to gain some valuable experience for a season or two under Onyango and perhaps even Mwini. I think uh, it's not such a bad idea. Um, two of the best goalkeepers uh, in, in the league um, and and what better place to to get a valuable experience you know from a positive point of view you know obviously there's the negative of of playing second third fourth fiddle and not getting much game time but hell what what two great goalkeepers to to be able to learn from uh, it's it's a great position to be in from that point of view for, for sure i mean I, in terms of Mwini, i, I can't uh, look on is your number one through and through Mwini, he's not going to ask to go and loan he's 35 now or well, 34, 35, just signed a two-year extension. He's cashing in. He's he's very comfortable. For sure, Peterson needs to go. And then I, I agree with you, yes, for Fabian Goss to learn from a player like Onyango and Mwini, 100%. But frustration is going to start kicking in six months into their contract, eight months into their contract, where they're not on the bench. They're playing the reserve, the reserve team games during the week. And, you know, you know, well, I know, I should say, the more you play, the more confidence you get, the more confident you get, the better you get. And there's no better position um, for that statement than being a goalkeeper. So that's just my concern. You've got Jody February, who's under 23 international, who's a fantastic keeper. I rate him very highly. You've got Goss, who's had a very good 12 months and he deserves a move. I'm just saying, I don't think Sundowns is the right move for him. That's all. Yeah, I mean, ideally you have, I mean, an ideal situation, you have three goalkeepers right um yeah you have your number one choice experienced uh in his 30s already yeah uh, you then have a, a second choice goalkeeper who keeps the first choice on his toes you know um almost equals in that regard and then you normally have a, a third choice goalkeeper who's an up-and-coming youngster yeah you know but but that's not the case of sundowns and it's never it never has been yeah. um so players must realize what they're getting themselves into but sure. when you go there go with the right attitude as if yeah. you're going to start, you know, uh, that that's very important. Matthew, what, what do you make of, of the sundown system? Because they tend to do this for, for, for a lot of different positions, uh, you know, having a bunch of talent and making them compete for a spot. You know, you also have a guy like Grant Marjman who's coming in as a midfielder. He's going to have to compete with Andile Jali, Slompo Kakana, um, you know, Swissiso Villagazi, all these guys uh, next season. Do you think that that's kind of the reason for their success? Or, you know, what do you make of it from, from now that you've retired and, and, and 
you know, you don't have to be that guy of, of, of playing and competing. What do you make of it from, from the outside looking in um, in terms of Sundowns and, and their continued success and the system of, of having so many players competing for, for that starting 11 position? Yeah, look, there's so many equals in that squad. Um, but Pizzo has filtered it down to his squad that he, that he likes to stick with. Um, I think the tactic is to is to bring in players who show a lot of uh, quality, um, who will fit into Pizza's style of play. But once you get into the, the squad environment, it's really down to character because everybody in that squad is very much equal uh, technically. Mm. So it's down to character, really. And, and playing on the, the continent, uh, that's exactly what Pizza is looking for. He's looking for character. So, uh, for example, end of last season, uh, Jali Maniso were out of the picture. They could have they could have uh, put their heads down. They could have sulked. Um, certainly, Jali put his hand up uh, pre-season. He fought for his position, and look where he is now. I'm not saying Maniso didn't do that. I'm just making an example out of out of Jali. You know, and that those are the types of characters that Pizzo is looking for uh, mm. within that. Um, enlarged uh, squad that he has. And if you're not going to put your hand up, if you're not going to show a bit of character, well, then I'm afraid you're going to, you're not going to get any game time, are you? Definitely. And, and uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about Sundowns is how they always kind of, they pre-plan. They're, 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 they're so ready for the next season. Um, and, and, you know, I asked this question and I'm going to pass it to Sean this time, but, you know, this, you know, they have uh, Maluleko on a pre-contract. They, they've signed some players from Vitz now. Um, and next season, they begin to look like the favorites. Uh, do you think that Chiefs, for example, with this ban will, just very briefly, do you think that, they'll be at a disadvantage compared to a Sundowns who are able to, you know, plan ahead for, for, for the seasons to come so well? Yeah, of, of course. I mean, any team with a ban is at a disadvantage for sure, but will the ban get overturned? And that's that's the big question on everyone's lips and we're going to find out the next month or two. So um, if, if Chiefs' ban does get overturned and Chiefs are able to continue their form they've had this year into next season, you know, don't be surprised if you find Chiefs again at the top of the table. I think what uh, Ernst has done this season has been short of a miracle considering the season before where they finished ninth. Um, he's done a great job. and um, But yeah, it'll be sad to see Chiefs not having this overturned um, because we'd like to see a new, refreshed Chiefs. Because it, it, it's quite a... Although Chiefs have been playing decent football, it hasn't been that attractive, you know? It's sort of been route one. And um, I, I think they need to freshen up their squad, especially if... A couple of players are leaving, like you've mentioned. Very briefly, uh, Matthew, before we wrap up the show, do you think that the current Kaiser Chiefs squad, minus Maluleka, of course, will be able to compete with a strengthened Sundowns team next season? Yeah, well, I'm hearing that uh, the only other player that might be of concern is perhaps Bacchus. I believe that he's not particularly um, happy at the moment, wanting to go back to Australia. Um, which is a great pity because I really I thought he was um, fantastic, particularly in the derby. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, um, we're just starting to see the best of him. So hopefully that's not true. Um, other than that, I, I don't see Chiefs going into the market, even if they were able to. Um, I think they're a very settled uh, squad. Um, their hearing is in September at CAS. Um, I've got a 
a strong feeling that that it's going to be overturned. They're going to win their case. Mm. Um, not a lot of people have realized that uh, the Dutch owner of Forza Juniors, uh, Dax's old club in Madagascar, uh, Dutchman who uh, was a strong um, apparent backer of Ahmed Ahmed. Um, so anything that goes through uh, FIFA or, or CAF, you can view as you want. Mm. Uh, but I, I feel that at CAS uh, in Switzerland, they probably have their strongest opportunity to win. And I'm, um, I think they will. Um, and, and so even with, with that, the window, even if they did want it to go into the market, I think the window has will, will be extended until October. So there is that option for them if, if needs be. Interesting stuff. Well, uh, Matthew, quick question now. What's your what's your dream car right now or, or, or a car that you're looking at purchasing? Uh, with the petrol price uh, going up, I think I'm I'm looking at like a Prius or one of these uh, smart cars. You know, I'll just I'll take the I'll take the front seat out and just sit at the back and drive from the backyard. <laughs> Man, you're tall. You're tall enough for sure. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, I think that's the perfect segue, Sean. Maybe you have a suggestion, but you always you always uh, tell us about these gas guzzlers. So I don't think you've got what Matthew's looking for. <laughs> No, no, no. I've got a, the new beautiful Hyundai Tucson, a.k.a. the new iX35. Hyundai have really upped their game with the new Tucson, voted one of South Africa's best SUVs. They've really have outdone themselves for sure. They are selling like hotcakes due to their comfortability, practicality, stylishly good looks, and all-around enjoyable ride. And to top it off, women love this car. So maybe, Matthew, this is the car for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ranging from 400,000 to 600,000 top end, I give this a 9 out of 10. Very, very good car. And the Tucson. Is this the one uh, uh, that I'm thinking where the advert was something about the pronunciation of Tucson or something? But... Uh, I, th- I think yeah. it was. You, did you did I you say it's the right. it's the it's the iX three point something? The iX thirty five. So the old iX thirty five is now the the Tucson. Yeah, that's correct. The iX. For a second, I thought you said iX, and I was like, this is <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> did they make this for y'alls? <laughs> All right. Um, we finish off with a motivational quote of the week. Um, I think we all need it, and I think we're all motivated by the PSL's return. Uh, so while we yes. await the official schedule, uh, motivate us for, uh, to, to, to give us some patience. Yeah, so this is taken from Willard Katsande's um, Instagram. He says, don't be so thirsty for opportunity that you drink from every cup handed to you. That is how you get poisoned. And I think it's very profound coming from uh, Willard himself. Basically, what he's saying is, you know, be prepared to say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Yeah, yeah. Loving that, loving that. Well, that is how we wrap up episode number 33 of The Car Wash. Thank you, Sean, as usual. And a big thank you to Matthew Booth for yes, standing in for our boy, Deco. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Always a pleasure, Jens. Thanks, Matty. You're unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, whether you've been listening to us on SL Radio, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Game Time on Mahi Gang 96.7 FM, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the show. We do this for y'all, and we'll be back next week to do it again. Cheers, folks. Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Shangana Corner.